previously on D&D&D. Zavis continues to do the spell and the portal continues to open. And as it does, you hear a deep, horrible snarl. And these tentacles start to come out of (laughs) the portal, followed by the open maw of the most hideous cat face you could ever see. Like leathery skin, pointed dark ears, gray, really nasty looking teeth. And everybody roll for initiative. All right, so we left off. You had reached the portal. Zavis had started casting the spell to open the portal, and as it began to open, you were attacked. So the first thing we got to do is everybody's got to roll for initiative. So we're going to eat halfway through the portal? We're going to reconcile this aspect of the story, and then we'll break. 18. 18. 18. Who has the higher modifier between all of you? (laughs) I have a four for dex. I have a two. Three. I have a 15, then. Okay. 13. The order of this battle, as you're trying to enter the portal is Flack, as you know, Zabbis, your turns are going to be different, Fletch, Margarine, and then the monsters. Are so Mine different because I cast the sun spell. You're casting the spell. That's what's different about it, is that the spell oh. takes time. So Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, it's a long one. It's like a big spell. Uh, and it, you can't be interrupted, oh, yeah. so we have to like protect yeah. you. So here's the deal. Just to recap a little bit yeah, as we, before you. we get into this battle. Zavis is casting the spell to open this portal, and his concentration can't be broken. So you guys, your job is basically to protect Zavis yeah. from being interrupted while casting this spell. Zavis fucks up everyone's shit always. I just feel like <laughs> constantly it's just fucking up everyone's shit. This has nothing Shoot to do with Zavis. I know, but too. it just Don't happens worry. that I'm the one who like appears to be summoning this thing. <laughs> so like in the course of like 10 minutes... I just like fireballed the shit out of everyone. And then I'm like, okay, I'm opening this portal now. And now there's this eldritch (laughs) horror coming out. So the room is a big round room with the standing stones in the center. And in the center of the stones is where this portal is opening. You guys have come through a door on one side, you know, at one point on the circle and are facing these stones. So right now, I just want to give everybody a sense of kind of where you guys are. We'll go in turn order where you guys are kind of in this room having come through this door. So, Flack, where are you? Uh, are you towards the back of the group? Are you at the front of the group? Are you or off to the side? I'm off to the side. Okay. Juno. Juno is towards the front. Okay. Zabus, you're more in the back, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Fletch. Mm-hmm. Where are you I'm in towards, relation to everybody else? Like I'm towards the back of the group. Okay. And Margarine. Yeah. I'm conflicted on this. I feel like I'm going to be very close to the portal, but also there was just there was just standing around time while Zabba set up to do the spell, right? Right. All so right. did did Marjorie go she... look at something or anything? no? Marjorie went. Um, okay, so Marjorie is standing by the door that we came into, okay. like leaning up against the the door frame. Okay, so that's where you guys are, and assume that the room is of a size that you can move anywhere in this room with your turn movement. Let's get started. So Flack, you're up first. You see the beast that is coming through this portal is now kind of has like shoulders through. You see tentacles coming out, but you don't know what their where their origin is yet. And one kind of clawed paw is starting to come out too. What do you do? 
It's not humanoid. Nope. I guess I'll throw a cloud of daggers at this thing. I fill the air with spinning daggers and a cube five feet on each side, centered on a point I choose within range. He's within range, right? I love starting an episode so enthusiastic. (laughs) Just like pumped, ready to fight. (laughs) Guess I'll throw some knives at it. Uh, (laughs) uh, They take... I'll cast it at a level three. Okay. And so it will take... 64 slashing damage when it enters the spells area. Well, that's there, so remember that when it's on its turn. You'll roll the damage for it. Okay. Oh, it's on their turn? A creature, when it enters the spells area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there. It's going to start its turn there, because I cast it like right there. Okay. This whirling cloud of daggers appears right in front of the portal. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, uh, watch the edges, guys. Good one. Hey, you know what? Do you want me to try or not? <laughs> I do uh, want you to try. Then that was me trying. Okay. Cool. Juno, you're up. Juno's thinking that this could be a whole misunderstanding just because this portal opened up. So he's going to cast Speak with Animals. Stop. And for 10 minutes, gain the ability to communicate with beasts. Might be able to persuade them to do a small favor. I was and then try Juno charm. goes insane. <laughs> okay. All right. So I don't think I have to roll anything for that. I think I just do it. Right? Magic, Russell looks very uh, <laughs> perplexed yeah. by this decision. I'm trying to... No, it's cool. What this is, is Octocats' personality? This is a really... <laughs> this is a cool thing, but I'm trying to think about how this this creature would respond to it. Also, I can provide what he says when ready. All right, so what are you going to ask this? Hello there. We may have surprised you. You surprised us. Would you like to be friends? Would you like to die fast or slow? What? Ooh. That's its response to Oh, you. no. Only Juno can hear that. Only fast You just hear, like, snarls. Yeah. Everybody else just hears, like, snarls. What'd he say? Uh, he, well, he, he uh, asked us if we would like to die fast or slow. Tell him slow. Zabbis' turns. <laughs> Give us time. <laughs> yeah. Zabbis' turns for this uh, encounter are going to be a little bit different because Zabbis is casting that spell. So, Zabbis, as you perform the spell, your mind's eye, what you can see in your head kind of overtakes you, and you have these, like, visions. And you feel yourself being kind of pulled into, like, a silvery, like, vortex in the direction of the portal. You recognize that you're not physically moving. This is something to do with your, like, mental state, mental and emotional state. So the world's, like, stretching before you into this, like, long silver twisty vortex thing and then it snaps into a new space and you're in the inner sanctum at the temple at Galamathir. That's what you can see before you. And you see its beautiful gardens and the reflecting pools uh, and you see Amara sitting on like a big toadstool next to one of the pools writing in her journal and then you start to feel yourself being pulled away in a different direction by that same vortex and as you're getting pulled away you catch a glimpse of the cover of her journal and she's scribbling all over it in different fonts and sizes Amara Stormtail and then <laughs> and then you're pulled out back into the vortexy thing and that's your turn for this turn you're still concentrating on casting the spell okay so next is Fletch Fletch what's your play I don't, I wait take- I just want to say that I love that that was Zabbis' turn, who has already expressed like a complete disinterest in like having to deal with that romance. Yeah, it's, like, uh-huh. it's like, oh, okay, now it's my time to act. 
What? My turn is seeing more of this bullshit? (laughs) There's more stuff. That's just the first step. (laughs) I'm going to start with Hunter's Mark. I'm going to mark that. Mark that beast, and that means until the spell ends, I deal an extra 1d6 damage to the target whenever you hit it with a weapon. Great. Mark that beast. He is marked. And then I say... just got marked. And then I say, Beast, you want a fast death or a slow death? And then I <laughs> then I jump up in the air. Nice. And then I want to shoot him with my, my bow. Storm, my storm tail bow. Storm tail bow? Okay. In hopes to scare it. Or like, just Is because the, the loud, loud one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover your ears. I see him doing it and I cover my ears. I rolled okay. a, a oh, one. Shit, I oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh. <laughs> so you miss spectacularly, probably because of the jump. Yeah. And now the lightning rings off the sides of the wall, so everybody make a dexterity roll. But I covered my I ears. just want I I want to say that like I come out of my turn, I see this like her writing on this journal. I'm like fuck whatever. But then I see Stormy just fails so hard. I just shake my head. <laughs> 12 13 16 8. It's going to hit Juno cuz he rolled lowest. You roll your damage, uh Mike, oh, and yeah. whatever damage you roll not with the extra D6, but whatever damage you roll is going to hit Juno. Got it. Sorry, pal. Thanks for rolling low there, buddy. So I got five, and then plus dex would be ten, plus two is a bonus, so twelve. <laughs> yep, twelve damage to Juno. <laughs> Thanks you again. You have halved me. Thank you. Oh, now it is Marjorie's turn. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, at least it didn't hit Zavis. True. He's casting a spell. Yes. All right, Marjorie made a quip earlier, and she like she's mad at herself for making the quip. Because she's okay. supposed to be pissed right now. Right. But she couldn't help but make that quip. <laughs> it was too, too it was quippable. Too quippable. So she is going to silently just try to take this this cat octopus out. Because okay. right now, she's fighting on behalf of Koi Rim. Um, so Marjorie is going to try to, with her newly reacquired feather cape, run, jump on the... St- the, stones, the stones are tall, aren't they? A good jump, jump roll could could get you up there. Okay, I'm gonna try because you're, to... you're flippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mm, old lady flippy it under yeah. the top of those stones and then try to stab this cat face's eyes. Okay, so you're trying to jump over the ring of daggers, right? Okay, cool. So first roll acrobatics. <gasps> Twenty. Oh, <Whoa>. yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes. Oh, you're you're fueled by your rage. <laughs> you launch yourself. Just standing jump right up off the ground onto the top of one of the standing stones and then like backwards somersault vault yourself into the air. So now you're in midair and you can, are you trying to come down on it or? I'm aiming for the eyes, coming down on the eyes with my sneak attack. Uh, Well, roll to hit. Damn it. Okay. So that's, will 16 hit? Oh yeah. It will? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then 16. So that's eight plus... Five. So 13. I'm going to try to swing with my other hand. Okay. 18. Yes, that will hit. And a seven. Nice. So all together. 20. Rad. Uh, after that, I'm going to go ahead and do what I do best and hide. Okay, so because you got the 20 on the acrobatics check, what I'm going to say that you do for your hide is that you land on its face and then springboard off of its face to flip away. Sweet. So you come down, you like stab it, landing on its face. And then you push off of its face to flip backwards and away. Marjorie is satisfied with that. Now it is the monster's turn. Don't forget about that damage. That dagger damage. Yeah, I hope you feel like damage, monster. All right, so on the monster's turn, you see a kind of shimmer of dark 
light, which I realize is an oxymoron, but it's like a weird magical, like purplish black shimmer where the creature was. And you see that shimmer and then it is still there. But then 10 feet away, fully outside the portal, you see the full length of this six legged cat creature with a long windy tail and two tentacles with spikes on the end of it coming off of its shoulders. Uh, so now, and that snarls and kind of rears at you. Yeah, I say that. So, as far as you can tell, there are two now. Oh, there's two. There's two of these creatures. There's one that's coming out of the portal, and then there's one that's fully out of the portal. The one that's fully out of the portal. Oh no! Is going to attack Flack. No. And it whips one tentacle and misses you, but the other one hits four. Wait, did you do the damage for the daggers? Oh, no. Roll that damage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 6d6. Four. Give me your triangles. Give me your triangles. 16. Very good show. Is in the daggers. It's hurt by the daggers. And then it does what I described. And it hits you for 10 damage. Ouch. You're raked across the body by one of these spiky tentacle things. Uh, I have some damage taken from earlier. I don't remember what it was from, but does that still stand? Oh, the fireball. Yeah, that was after the the hedge maze where you guys all got recovered. Okay. And we lost our boost. Yeah, you did, and you lost your boost from Koi Room. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Down to 15 here. It's back up top to Flack's turn. Mm. We're all injured. I see you didn't like my meal of daggers that I so thoughtfully provided you. Oh, it sucks not having, like, cool weapons. Uh, how big is this room? Oh, let's say it's 40 feet across. So a 20-foot radius sphere would be the whole thing. If you cast it in the center of the room, a 20-foot radius sphere would be the whole thing, yes. So I probably shouldn't cast Stinking Cloud. <laughs> uh, let's go with, I guess, Cloud of Daggers at a second level spell. Also, does the other one hang out there, though? No, I don't think so. It says duration up to one minute. I think your concentration was broken when you were hit. I'm going to say that you can't keep that there after you've been hit. Okay, but here's the thing. I cast it right in front of the portal, and mm-hmm. the one cat thing came out and got that damage. The yep. other one you said was coming out. Shouldn't he also get that damage? I can't tell you that right now. Ooh. The fuck? All right. Hold on. Which of the cats got the damage? Both cats are injured. Hmm. Both cats have cuts to them. In the same Ooh, place? Cats have visible cuts. Sorry, I've been imagining this whole conversation. Like, there's not actually cats. There's just dude, but we're just, like, calling them cats. <laughs> yeah. Both yeah, like, the cat, like those cool cats cat. got damage. Bit jazz cat. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of something fun to do that's not just, like, shoot it with a crossbow, but I can't, so I'll shoot it with a crossbow. Uh, so 15. 15 will hit. Great. And then 1d8, so 12. 12, okay. Yeah. So, Flack, when you hit the beast... With your crossbow attack, yes, the spell is dispelled, and the image of the beast that is coming out of the portal disappears, leaving the only creature you see to be the one that is fully out just to the side of the portal. Oh. Hey, look, I slayed one of them. It wasn't even the one I hit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now it is Juno's turn. Uh, Juno wants to take out one of the legs of this beast, so he's kind of going to run up and... Wait, no, before he does that, he's going to cast Hunter's Mark on it. Great. And then he's going to run up and try to take off a leg with the scythe. Okay. 20. Oh, oh fuck shit. yeah. Oh. Critical hit. Yeah. Nice. Crit, 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 crit. So you basically roll double damage, Joel. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, first die is 11, 13, second die, and... Wait, 11, so 24? Yeah. And then 
five. So 29. Yes. 29? 29? Juno just made up for every mistake. (laughs) Yeah. You, yeah, Juno, you successfully cleave a leg from this beast. Wow. And it is now writhing in pain. Ooh. Did it fall? Uh, yeah, it kind of staggers. I mean, it's got five other legs. Like, it's not down. (laughs) And you feel, uh, it's kind of purple blood spray across your face. Purple Uh, blood? Yeah. That's a new one. Yeah. (laughs) How does Juno feel about purple blood? Pretty good. I mean, he's happy that new legs didn't sprout. That was a slight worry. No new legs sprouted. Good, good. Zavis's turn two. The vortex pulls you again. And this time you're in a place you've never been before. It's a small island in the middle of a river. And you see a cluster of structures around you and a wooden kind of palisade beyond these structures. There's an open gate, and uh, through the gate is the river. Uh, You see elves and humans and halflings all kind of dressed in, like, rough uh, either hide or leather armor. They're all scurrying around, kind of bracing themselves, readying this structure that you're in for some kind of attack. And through the gate, you see a... In the distance, you see a small ship uh, approaching with black sails. Some soldiers close the gate, and then you're pulled back into the vortex. Fletch. All right, so I stand up, and I'm like, hey, sorry, guys. I'm feeling a little off today. I didn't mean to shoot everybody with lightning. <laughs> it was uh, just Juno. Oh, yeah, sorry, Juno. <laughs> Can I take one of my turns to one of my actions to run and grab Juno? Uh, what are you trying to do? I'm just trying to grab him and pull him away. Let's do strength. Strength. This is athletics. If you're skilled in athletics, I am skilled in athletics. Okay. I have a plus four next to it. What does that mean? That means you roll twenty and add four. Add four. Okay. Uh, fifteen plus four, nineteen. Okay. So you rush up, grab Juno, and book it back okay, to the cool. wall. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I got you. And then I'd like to take the next turn to attack. Okay. One more time with just my longbow, because <laughs> I don't want to do anything. 19. 19 will hit. Okay, cool. And then 13. This beast is looking pretty rough, gang. Ha <laughs> ha. Sweet. Margarine. You have, a, it's it's like staggering. It like doesn't really know where it is. Finish uh, it. There's like blood in its eyes. The tentacles are kind of waving around willy nilly. It's like whimpering. Margarine's turn. Oh, Margarine has no pity. <laughs> Margarine like slowly steps out from her hiding place. It just like walks up to the cat. With both of her custom rapiers. Oh, 24. Yep, that'll do it. Cool. All right. She raises her right arm. Comes down with 11 attack, 21. Okay, so you've killed it, but I want you to describe how Marjorie, walking up from her hiding place, kills this. Because whatever you do, you're going to kill it. So Marjorie has both of her rapiers in her hands. And she slowly walks up to the front of this cat as it's writhing in pain, uh, one leg just bleeding purple out onto the ground. She raises her right arm with her with her rapier and swipes the widest section of the cat that she can hit, like crossing its face, its chest, and down into its left limb. Like she wants to hit this thing as as much surface as she can hit in one stroke. That's what she does. Okay, all right, so you do that. Because she's not in a good mood. No, she's not. Uh, And you kind of catch its jawline, so you, like, give this, like, half a Joker smile and come across down its shoulder and, like, split its muscle open. There's a little bit of shoulder bone visible. Uh, And then you go down into its leg and, like, cut some tendons so this leg immediately just goes worthless. And this creature, this, this cat tentacled creature 
uh, from through this portal kind of twitches a little bit and screams out one more time in, in agony as it dies. Can Marjorie step over the body and into the portal? Not yet. Portal's not open completely yet because Zavis is still casting the spell. But now that the danger has passed, I'm just going to read the rest of your stuff. Okay. After you saw the gate close with the ship in the distance, you're pulled again through the vortex and you stop kind of spinning and you're atop a small hill in like rolling fields. And even though this hill is not very big, it's the biggest kind of around and you realize that you're atop like a ring fort. Uh, and a small number of the same kind of collection of beings are scrambling around trying to fortify the walls. And off in the distance, you see like a rising cloud of dust. And you're pulled again through the vortex. And suddenly, you're in the middle of a dense forest. The canopy of trees above you is so thick that it's almost dark. Um, you can barely perceive where you are. And your vision is kind of half normal, half dark vision. So some of it's kind of in black and white. And there's so many sounds around you, uh, animals and birds, and uh, you can hear intelligent you know, beings yelling in all different kinds of languages in, in, through the trees around you, and you feel fear, just a lot of fear. And before you can really get a sense of what else is happening, you're pulled back through that vortex, and then suddenly your vision is distorted, uh, like you're looking through goggles filled with water. And through the waves, you see what appears to be an ornate library or study. Uh, But if it is, it'd be for giants because everything is huge to you. And suddenly an enormous hand passes over your field of vision and then a hooded face. And you can't completely make out the features, but you feel a sense of familiarity. You, Zabbis, are, are kind of like, wait, I know who that is. And this massive distorted mouth says something, but you can't hear through whatever barrier is between you. And before you get a full sense of this face, uh, you're pulled back through the vortex. And then you're atop a high peak, uh, and you see mountains around you, and you look out, uh, and there's mountains going higher even than how high you are now. The wind is blowing like crazy. And then uh, you see a waterfall and a river, and the waterfall flowing into a lake below you, and not far away, down a small set of stairs, is an ornate stone door. And you smell smoke and this foul putrid smell that you can't really identify. And then again, you're pulled back through this vortex. And then at first, you think that you're back at Galamathir. It's the same kind of gardens and pools that, were, that you saw before. Uh, but instead of the prayer benches and gathering spaces that are in that inner sanctum, you see two rectangular pedestals about four feet high and four-ish feet across. And you move toward them. And this is a little bit different because you've never moved in any of these visions before. Uh, and you're moving towards them, and you realize that on top of these pedestals are, on each pedestal is a young girl, a still pale but beautiful girl's body, and you put your hand out to move the hair off of one of the close uh, off of the closest girl's face, but when you see your hand, it's not your hand; it's a woman's hand. It's long and elegant, and the fingers move the hair with a reverent, luffing touch out of the face of this girl. And you look down, and next to you is a gorgeous silver uh, panther that kind of nuzzles against your side, trying to comfort you. But there is no comfort for you. You're filled with sadness and worry and, and despair. And you look up, and across the room, a uh, door opens, and there's a short, stout, uh, backlit figure that is coming through this door. 
and you see that this this man is holding flowers and you feel oh that's very sweet of him but flowers aren't going to help uh it's not going to help you and more importantly it's not going to help them and you look back at the faces of the girls and you're filled with just such dread and despair and and the panther nuzzles you but you it's just not comforting and you feel tears on your face and then suddenly you're pulled back through the the vortex and the portal opens let's have some dinner <laughs> hey everybody, Russell here with a few quick mid-game announcements, and then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 23 of D&D&D, and thanks for your patience on Monday and letting us have the holiday off. It was Labor Day here in the United States, and we did not put out an episode. Instead, we spent some extra time putting out this extra long episode, so thanks for your understanding on that. Be sure to follow us on social media at dndndpod on Twitter and dndndpod on Instagram, or email us at dndndpod at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who's tweeted about the show, people like Holly Chapman at Holly Me Chapman on Twitter, who says, last minute, 13-hour travel day? Sounds like it's time to catch up on dndndpod and finally crack down on some of my summer research goals. And then she sent a picture of playing with something that runs. Technology, improvisation, and composition in DJ and laptop performance. So I hope that your DJ and laptop performance research went went well, Holly. Uh, that sounds really cool. It sounds really interesting. A cool thing to spend your summer looking into. So cool. And thanks to Simone Flowers at Sim One on Twitter, who says, "God damn D and D and D pod, make me cry because the characters are going through real life problems." Ten out of ten therapy session. Thanks, Simone. That was probably a few episodes ago, but thanks for catching up. Although there is some therapy stuff going on this episode, there's definitely some intra team strife going on. So let's get back to it and see how that all shakes out in this mysterious new world. Uh, thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I made chicken shawarma and falafel. I made some Mediterranean food, some wraps. Uh, and I, to, to make the shawarma, I layered chicken thighs on chopsticks stuck into a pineapple. So I made a makeshift shawarma and carved it off of the and roasted it and then carved it off of that, which was a lot of fun to do and looked cool and it ended up tasting great. So I will be doing that again in the future for sure. Because What are you going to do with all that meat pineapple? Meat, eat it. Is that body like lying there? This cat thing? Have you walked through the portal yet? No. no. Then yes. Uh, I take out my rapier and I open the beast's mouth and I cut out its tongue and I slap it, throw it in a bag. Okay. Okay. Now I have this tongue. Juno. I dropped a dice. I wrap it in some cloth so it's not bleeding all over the place. I still have that howl bear owl fang or something. Oh, cool. We're <laughs> yeah. collecting stuff. We're collecting stuff. Marjorie doesn't look back and steps through the portal. All right. If you guys want to talk without her, go ahead. Yeah, what do the rest of you do before <laughs> well, I describe what's Ju- on the Juno, other side? Juno doesn't know if you can hear through the portal, so he just sort of yells after Marjorie, do, do you want to bathe in the blood? It's really weird. She she really went for some gruesome stuff on that guy. It was pretty it was it's impressive. Weird. Uh, I saw a bunch of weird stuff. What? I can tell you about 
later, though, like when I was doing that spell, there's like all kinds of weird stuff. So that's why I was doing while you guys were fighting the thing. That that encounter was pretty chill for me, actually. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad for you. I'm yeah. hurting pretty bad. In fact, before I step through this portal, I'm going to use uh, Lesser Restoration. I don't myself. think that spell is going to do what you want it to do. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Cure Wounds. Yeah. Yeah. 15. I add 15. Okay. Juno will also cast a little Cure Wounds. On himself? Yes. Okay. While Juno and... Flack are curing themselves. Margarine, when you step through the portal, you find yourself in a kind of mirror image of the room that you just left, uh, except the everything is as if it's brand new. The stones, which were worn and kind of somewhere a little bit broken or cracked, are pristine and look like they have been freshly carved. And the room that you're in uh, is like this golden rock that looks like a temple that is in regular use. There's sconces on the walls with torches and everything is very just newer than, than where you were. What do the rest of you guys do? I hop through that portal. All right. Flat comes through the margin. sees flat come through the portal. Hey, Mar- Margie. No response. I go too. Zavis goes too. I also I go through. See. All right. So remaining in the room is Fletch. Just looking around at the scenario or the the scenery, and I'm like, all right, well, everybody's gone, so I'll go through too. All right, so you've all gone through the portal. You see uh, the room as I described it. It's a very, very similar room, except it looks much more well kept. Uh, and there's a door uh, leading out. What do you do? Well, we should go see what's past that door because this is what we were, we came here to go through the the portal, right? To create mm-hmm. the portal and go through it, and then. We should go through it. The door. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Marjorie goes and tries to open the door. The door opens, and you walk through the temple, but unlike the uh, version that you just came from that had all these kind of safeguards, this place that you're in now does not. Uh, it still has, like, the when you go into the vine room, instead of this, like, puzzle of vines... Everything is very well manicured, and it's more like a uh, greenhouse. And when you get to the room where the hedge maze was, it's just an open air, um, like garden. And when you cross through that room, it's just you're just in like temple rooms, kind of. And there aren't any, there isn't anybody around, but it's still, you know, it, it it's not as kind of nefarious. Uh, or foreboding as the one that you had just passed through was. What does Marjorie see when she uses Koirim's helmet? Here now with Koirim's helmet, there's no change. When okay. you uh, when you put the visor down on Koirim's helmet, you see exactly what you had seen with your regular eyes. When you're in the room that corresponded to the hedge maze, when you're in this like open air garden room, you do notice that the sky isn't like normal sky colored. It's like orange. Um, and all of the plants that you see are the same kind of like weird plants that you saw in the big open cavern with the dead trees and, uh, in the inner sanctum of, of Galamathir and, you know, they're all these weird, colorful Lisa Frank plants. Juno, uh, is kind of looking skeptical of all this and he just says, so 
th- this seems nicer a place than how we came in. There's no mazes, but anyone else still thinking about the cat with the tentacles and why that was here? I don't know what. And then you hear a voice that says, uh, Well, I certainly am. And who that? This voice is coming from uh, Fletch's pack. The fuck? <laughs> Guys? Yeah. There's something in my pack. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. What, what, uh, okay, so I take my I take my pack off and I kind of like gingerly set it on the ground, <laughs> as in like what the fuck? <laughs> Juno's bow is drawn at the pack, uh, and then who's got the cloak? I do the feather cloak. Yeah, Marjorie oh yeah, Marjorie still has it. Do you? Mm-hmm. The cloak lifts off of you and floats over to the pack. That oh, Marjorie tries to grab at it. She's been through too much. You grab it when you grab at the cloak. You're, you you managed to hold on to the cloak itself, but just the owl bear feathers that you had sewn into the cloak, they pluck away, and they float over to the um to the pack and kind of hover above it, and then you hear the voice. Uh, can I get a little help here? Depends. Is my amulet doing anything? Your amulet is totally um, it's like almost glowing. Cool. Yeah. Who are you? Let me out, and I'll tell you. Well, all right, but we have a, a bow drawn on you, so... Don't. I open the bag. <laughs> okay, Zabbis opens the bag as uh, Flack is talking, <laughs> and the owl bear beak that... Oh, fuck. <laughs> that Fletch had cut away from the owl bear when you first met each other floats up and joins the feathers that Marjorie had plucked, and the feathers kind of circle around this floating beak, and the beak opens and talks to you guys oh man it's 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 so nice to be able to to be able to talk again after after being dead for so long well what are you are you the are you the owl bear that we i I, killed well i guess technically i'm the spirit of that owl bear my my name is jeremy the owl bear spirit jeremy was that also the name of the owl bear yep he, okay. You would talk the whole bear. time? Oh, I couldn't talk in, in the regular world as an owlbear. It was really just screeching. But here in the Feywild, my spirit is able to manifest itself through this beak and the feathers that you guys have been carrying with you for a while. You guys have done Wait. some weird shit, let me tell you. Wait, you've been able to watch us? In a manner of speaking. Okay, uh, but Flack has the idea of like, wait a minute, and he takes out the tongue and unwraps it. <laughs> when you take out the tongue and unwrap it, this tongue is just flapping wildly. Okay, uh, I pin it down and wrap it back up. Wait, owlbear, Jeremy. Jeremy, please. I painted a picture of the owl of the owlbear a very long time ago. And I get I go through my stuff and I get out my watercolor painting of the owlbear that I definitely did because I have it written down <laughs> in my items. And I show it to him. I'm very proud. J- Jeremy is very impressed. And the two of the feathers kind of make eyebrows. Uh-huh. Oh. So that you're able to kind of understand Jeremy's expression a little bit. Yeah. And and the eyebrows, the eyebrow feathers kind of arch like, oh, yeah, like I, you managed to catch my likeness pretty well. I, I think you did. This is a this is a fine, fine painting, Zabbis. It's nice to be able to finally see it. Y- you're, <laughs> you're not mad at us for killing you. I... Also, why did you attack us? 
Well, if you remember right, you had been hunting me for two weeks <laughs> through the forest. Like, I've been through a lot. I've, I feel like I've lost memories, so I'm just trying to remember everything here. It was really Juno who surprised me when, when uh, he showed up out of nowhere and tried to also kill me. So when the lot of you uh, eventually did take me down, I was mostly just scared and confused. Oh, uh, that's yeah. sad. Well, you know. You seem pretty chill, though. Well, I've been dead for a while, and it's nice to talk again, as I said. What makes you uh, be able to talk? Uh, you explain that. <laughs> He's in the f- we're, we're in the, the fade I know that. I know that's because we're in this world, but like, is there anything like Marjorie's more specific just glaring at Flag. Shut up, Marge. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's just like, well, I mean, magic. What do you want me to say? I'm, I'm a, just mad. I'm a All disembodied right. owl bear spirit. Sorry, I just want to see if they're going to drill down a little deeper into this whole thing. This whole time, like, your pack is kind of, like, moving <laughs> as the tongue kind of, like, flaps inside of it. Could you, could you tell this tongue to chill the fuck out? Well, I mean, that's a displacer beast tongue. Like, you murdered that thing good. Displ- and dis- it's dis- probably not as willing to forgive as I am. I mean, I've been with you guys for a while, and I've seen that you've, you know, mostly done pretty good things. Uh, the explosion in the ballroom was a little dicey but uh you know you helped those kids and i'd say it's in character <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so owl bear is there a way that we can maybe bring you back uh unfortunately no like you cut my beak from my body and uh that's been in the woods now for quite a while so oh, no. most restoration magic probably isn't going to work on a beak and some feathers but, I mean, if you meet some powerful magic user, I certainly would appreciate the effort to try. Oh. J- Jeremy, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't realize an owlbear in the wild has such uh, thoughtfulness with, within him. Owlbear, is there anything that we can do for you in, in, this, in this fey world? Is there anything that we can do to make you happy well i you know i I can can i hang out with you guys i got like just kind of float along like it's nice to be out of the pack and be able to talk again uh yeah sure marjorie has an idea okay uh she marjorie takes off her cloak okay and holds it forward okay and says um i know that you've got a lot going on with your beak and your feathers all working together but if, if you need a little bit more mass I guess you could use this. And then when you say that, like some of the f- the feathers that weren't making the eyebrows, they float over to the cloak and kind of weave themselves back into it. And then the cloak floats over. The cloak drapes itself over where Jeremy's body would be. And the eye, the two eyebrow feathers still there and the beaks up like where like the face would be. So now you do have kind of a better sense of the space that Jeremy, the owlbear spirit, fills here jeremy i want to help too and i take off the rubber glove from my head oh my god and I, I hand it over to him juno has a thought and he reaches into his items and pulls out the gator tooth necklace found in the swamp and wants to see if it's talking or doing anything no oh okay do we have any other disembodied body parts from creatures we've slain that we can check to see if they uh, have any life <laughs> No, I looked through my stuff. I don't. I got that. Did I get rid of that mystery meat that ended up being a uh, kid? Kid, kid meat. <laughs> I think so. Okay. <laughs> no, that'd be oh, horrifying. <laughs> I'm Kelly. <laughs> 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 
Where's my mom? <laughs> the whole time. It gets turned out that this cloak has brought more trouble than it's worth, so I'm happy that you have a use for it. Marjorie, are you doing okay? I've been better. Some things were said that I think were very hurtful and, and untrue. We can keep flack. Let's move on. As Marjorie says that, she kind of walks away towards the where you had seen the cavern with the giant dead trees. But when you get to the entrance of the temple and you kind of exit, it's not a cavern that you're in, but a huge forest. The ceiling of the cavern is this canopy of, of, of leaves and branches and trees. And it's all these gorgeous colors uh, all winding together. Every tree is a different color and all the branches and leaves are all multicolored and brilliant. And it's, it's a stunning Stunning sight with rays of orange uh, daylight streaking through the gaps in the trees. You can see weird uh, birds fluttering between uh, the trees. These are all, everything is like a bird of paradise or a macaw or some sort of crazy giant multicolored bird. You can see uh, that there are those big cats that are kind of... uh, there's a couple of them in distant trees jumping around like jaguars. Um, one of the tentacles reaches out and snatches a bird out of the air as it flies by, bringing it back to the to the beast's mouth to devour. Fuck. And another one just reaches out and swats one out of the air as if for fun and then keeps going, uh, ignoring the fact that the bird's body just falls into the forest floor deep below. There don't appear to be the bridges between the trees and stuff as there was in this other world, but there is a staircase that kind of goes down uh, to the forest floor. Every uh, couple minutes, you hear the explosions from the dwarves in the caverns, and you see in this canopy of trees a sudden kind of rip in the fabric of the world, and you see into the cavern. Uh, that you had previously been in, and it closes back up kind of the uh, in the reverse of what you had seen when you were in that cavern with the dwarves. Uh, so what do you do? Uh, is the hole that's being made from the dwarves close enough without getting too close to the cats so we could just like go over and like wave, see if they see us? That was my no, it's like real high above. <laughs> oh, okay. Just like, hi! <laughs> yeah. We're on the other side. We're good. <laughs> Margarine is... Uh, very distractedly interested in those like potential injured birds that might be on the ground floor of okay. the forest. And you said there's a pathway that leads down. Yeah, you want to run? Yeah, down Yeah, I want to okay. run down. So Marjorie runs, runs down, down the there stairs after seeing that one get smacked out of the air. Yeah, and Jeremy kind of calls after you, like, "You may want to be careful. There's a lot of weird shit here." <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay, is that the only way, like, across? Mm-hmm. Marjorie, be careful. Juno follows. Shut That's... up, Flack. What? Be careful. <laughs> uh, okay, Juno follows. What do the rest of you want to do? I guess I'll go too. I'm curious what's down there. So you get down there. Now you're on the uh, forest floor and you walk uh, over the kind of couple hundred yards to where you think that the bird's body fell. And you find... Uh, this is important. You find a uh, dead bird. It's dead? It's dead. It's not it's, just injured? No. There's no, there's no injured birds on the ground? No. Not even one? It's just... It's just a big dead bird body with like eight like fang holes in the side from where the tentacle slapped it. Whoa. And you look and you see that this is kind of similar to the marks that are in Flack's armor from when he got hit by a tentacle. And Jeremy's like, yeah, those uh, those things will just kill. 
like for fun. I was surprised that you guys were able to take one out so easily. Uh, I just want to ask Jeremy, uh, you said these, the thing that we killed was a displacer beast. Mm -hmm. What exactly does a displacer beast do? They're big cats. I mean, they, they hunt to eat. They hunt for sport. We, Uh, We saw like a black smoke come off of it. That was the displacing. So it mirrored itself. What? Yeah. Jeremy, do you know what displace means? Here I I do. I don't. Uh, yeah, it, it it displaced itself from where it was and created a kind of temporary image of itself in one spot and then moved to a different spot to confuse its enemies. Wait, so that wasn't two different ones? Nope. Oh. Jeremy, you, you seem to have a lot of knowledge. Here I do. Uh, wh- where are we? How do we get through here? We're in the wild. Well, yeah. How, how do we... Margaret gets okay. it. Okay. How do we get to the other... Uh, portal or beacon, the the pillar in the lake. Uh, well, you're you're. It's a pretty close image uh, to our world uh, here. The the fabrics of the worlds in this forest are are very close together. Uh, that's part of the reason why there's so much magical energy, uh, and it's what the druids have kind of been using to build their uh, their temples. I read the books. Did you guys read the books that were in the? I had a I lot did. of downtime. I read them. Being dead and all. Can Marjorie roll to find an injured bird? Sure. What would that be? Investigation. Investigation. Nine. No. I have a question, Jeremy. Find, like, <laughs> bugs. Like, weird-ass bugs. <laughs> Jeremy, I have a question. Yeah. How come you get to be, like, basically alive, but that bird doesn't? It's so, like... Is it? Yeah, Jeremy. Like, well, what happened? Because you died not in the Feywild, but then that bird died in the Feywild and right. like, isn't like a spirit bird. Right. Well, I come from the material plane, so this is kind of like my heaven. So what happens if you die here? Or like what? So like, does that bird just... Yeah, does that bird have a heaven? Wait. <gasps> I don't know. If I'm I take bird, this bird into world one, will it become like you? I don't know. Marjorie puts the bird in her... (laughs) Why doesn't my gator get a heaven? I'm no gator expert. Like, I know owl bear faith. Well, this is half owls. Hey, you know what, Jeremy? I'm just going to say it right now. I'm going to be sad when we go back to world one and you just uh, become a dead beak again. Me too, buddy. Maybe maybe leave me here. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, you're fun to kind of carry around as a reminder. Well, so, hang as on. A re- as a reminder. <laughs> yeah, of like how we all started and like our, our travails. I mean, so. we don't need to put him through through the torture of having to witness and, and be forced to stay around. He said around. he had a good time watching us. Well, he just asked. Let's give him a show. Mm. We'll come. We'll cross that bridge when we come there. Yeah, let's... let's... Be- speaking of bridges, how, how do we get through here with the, the cats not seeing us and killing us? Well, the cats are going to stay mostly in the canopy. They kind of jump around the branches. Um, you guys caught one on a hunt, uh, near the portal, and it was really just bad timing. For him. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Yeah. I I high-five, uh, Jeremy's floating cloak. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, I could always cast Pass Without Trace, so that way we could move through this world undetected. That might be a good idea. There's a lot of weird shit here, and if you guys run into the High Elves, oof, they might not like you here. High Elves here? Yeah, there's a, you know, kind of a ruling class. Like, if, if we come out of the forest, you're going to look for the mountains, but you're not going to see them. You're going to see the city of the high elves. 
And if they bring cool. us up there, oh no, the, those like, are my. People. Yeah, will they like Zabus? The eyebrows kind of look over to <laughs> Zabus and kind of like arch and move up and down and kind of like squint. That's a tough <laughs> ask. And he's kind of like, I don't know. These are a different breed than what we're used to. Okay. Well, we're, we, I think we can handle ourselves. We're pretty proven f- warriors. We're here on a mission from elves for the good of realms. I'll show them this displacer tongue and be like, look what we did. All right, well, you guys want me to cast Pass Without Trace so we can we can yes. get on the road? Yeah. Hey, yes. Flack, I don't know if they have bone dice, so you could always go with that. Ooh. Ooh, did the, I wonder if the bone dice do anything different. Oh, yeah. Do the bone dice talk? Don't be an idiot. Do the bone dice talk? They're bones. The bones is something. I, I take out the bone no, dice no. and hold them in my hand. They uh, react as normal dice. They don't talk. I put them back in my pocket. <laughs> Maybe deeper. Okay, I'm going to cast Pass Without Trace. Okay, so everybody gets a plus Ooh. 10 bonus to stealth checks. Yeah, I guess we just stealthily get through the ground floor of this this wooded area, huh? Sure. Uh, roll your stealth checks just to, just to be sure. In case anybody gets a one and like set something on fire, thirty-one or by accident. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Thirty. Like twenty-five. Yeah. Twenty-four. Twenty-five. Yeah. So you all are able to kind of sneak around in the shadows of these big trees and Do kind we see of any like weird shit. You see all kinds of weird. What shit. kind of weird <laughs> shit? Like in addition to all the weird birds, everything's that you saw bonkers before, like, colors. Now on this forest floor, there's all kinds of crazy bugs and shit. Uh, There's, like, really big millipedes that, like, uh, as they move, change colors. Like, they, like, ripple, you know, in, like, a rainbow. Um, There's, like, uh, dung beetles that are, like, the size of cats that are kind of rolling around. They're, like, dung balls. (laughs) Um, You kind of sneak around and turn the corner uh, uh, on a tree, and you see, like, a giant rabbit, like, munching on some flowers. And it kind of just looks at you and then, like, goes back to munching. Like, it doesn't give a shit that you guys are there. Uh, yeah, dang. Yeah, the rabbit. Yeah, the giant rabbit can, like, hear you and, like, knows you're there. You see all kinds of weird flowers and plants. Um, there's a victory bell-looking thing that grabs one of those millipedes and, like, sucks it up like a spaghetti noodle. Whoa. There's animals that have, like, just something a little bit weird about them. <laughs> like, either too big or too small or have extra legs or you know there's like a squirrel with a horn and like a unisquirrel oh my god <laughs> and there's like unisquirrels like scurrying around and like ro- you know running up the sides of the- these trees and stuff you know it'd be nice if we had some kind of noble steed to ride through this like butter butter i wasn't talking to you <laughs> oh oh boy just it would be cool if we could charm one of these animals and ride it. Just throwing that out there. Juno's got his robe of animal friendship on. Okay. Does he see anything like big enough t- to ride? Sound like one of those big rabbits. Big rabbit. rabbit. Any other rabbits around? Yeah, it's like a forest floor. Like there's rabbits. If there's one rabbit, there's other rabbits. Okay. Yeah. Juno's got a thought. But does he see any like super super pretty flowers? Yeah, there's gorgeous <laughs> flowers everywhere. <laughs> like, the, like the prettiest flower. Sure, yeah. Well, what's the what is Juno's idea Juno of the prettiest wants flower? To give to Marjorie a very pretty flower, so he just wants to pick it and like give it to Marjorie. Okay, so roll an investigation check to find your pretty flower. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, think I saw that across the table. It's a, a f- so four. 
you're like overwhelmed okay. by flowers. June just picks up a flower and, and gives it to Marjorie. Okay, when you break off the flower, a like little puff of like purple gas comes out of the stem. Roll a constitution check. Uh, Marjorie's watching all of this, by the way. <laughs> 10. It's like you've been pepper sprayed. <laughs> so you're like coughing and tearing up. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Are all of us just still shit. walking? Yeah. Those are paths without trace. Okay, bye. <laughs> Juno's like stumbling, and along. like and like a, some of the like smaller creatures, li- like more skittish creatures that are nearby, like hear the coughing and stuff and like scurry away. Oh boy, Marjorie comes up to Juno and like tries to help wipe the the. <laughs> it's just all snotty up. And yeah, wet. off his oh, eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any milk? I I, I don't <laughs> want to use that milk for this, uh, Marjorie. Uh, would you like to borrow the animal friendship cloak? I don't think I can get a rabbit. <laughs> he needs some uh, milk. I don't think I could get a rabbit to ride right now, but we should ride oh, a rabbit. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. And Marjorie takes the cloak. All right. The cloak is like twice as long as Marjorie. So it's like draping back like a, a wedding dress chain. Can she like roll it up and use it as a scarf? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. she rolls it up and she puts it around her neck like a scarf. But at this point, so it's like there's too much around you. Mm-hmm, yeah, and yeah. there's too much on her head. So she's got <laughs> both the pirate hat and Coyram's <laughs> helmet and the scarf. So she decides since the helmet isn't doing anything for her right now, she'll take off the helmet and put it in her satchel. Okay. She's saving Coyram's helmet. So now she just looks like a cool pirate. Yeah, um, you're you're like a pirate on like a cold ship. You're like yeah. all bundled up. <laughs> <laughs> the animal friendship, a cloak. She just starts going. Because <laughs> she doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> when you put on the cloak, you're just kind of more aware of the animals that are nearby than you were before. Like you kind of have this weird sense of their locations and, and a little bit of what their their temperament is. Um, Juno didn't have this because he kind of has that as a ranger. Like that's part of like his ranger natural state is being more aware of nature. But you is just kind of like a city urchin. Like this is this is a connection to the natural world that you've never felt before. And it's just it's slight, but you you feel it. I, um, I look at Juno for a second to say like not to say anything, but to recognize that this is somebody who has felt this way mm-hmm. up to this point. Oh, Juno also just doesn't really think of anything about it, but notes that he doesn't feel any differently when he takes it off. Right. Do I get multiple choices of animals to pursue close by? So you look around, uh, and there are the unisquirrels. Three. Okay, so we got unisquirrels. Uh, Temperament. Frisky. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like normal-sized squirrels. They just have Oh, we can't ride horns. unisquirrels You can't then. ride a unisquirrel. Damn. You come across like a big badger. Uh, that's like chasing one of those millipedes. Temperament. Hungry. <laughs> uh, does it eat tongue? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I take out the you. tongue and I toss it to this badger. It kind of stops and, and lets the, the millipede go and looks over the tongue and kind of goes over and like sniffs it. So it like takes its big claws and like grabs the tongue and then like sits back on like its butt mm-hmm. and like starts, uh, like mowing on the on the tongue. Ha-ha. I want dung beetle. <laughs> Marjorie is into this badger. She sees herself in the badger. She's also <laughs> feeling a little hungry. She's feeling connected to nature. This is doing it for her. So she's going to to try to I guess charm the badger to make what 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 would my cloak Okay, I don't know how to do this. Sure. Um all right. This is this is one of those weird things where like it's like describing a magical weapon. It's like not, there's not, not like an easy storytelling way to tell you what something does. Uh-huh. What I want to do 
is come come up to this badger and put my hand on the badger and be buddies with the badger and have it be chill with letting us ride it. That's more or less what the cloak does. Cloak you can cast friendship. animal friendship. Oh, hell yeah. Marjorie, you walk up to the badger who's like sitting. Like, I, I, I want you guys to kind of picture, because badgers don't usually do this. This is like a something that's weird and cute for a badger to do. Raccoon-esque. And I've got the idea that it's like as large as the Deku tree in Ocarina of Time. And like your Link walking up to it. It's like bear-sized. Oh, that's it? Which is huge for a badger. Yeah, but can we all fit on a bear? No, you couldn't all fit on it. Okay, but fine. two of us are tiny. Uh, you said giant badger. Yeah. Maybe you can charm something it else, too. It is giant for a badger. It recognizes that you mean it no harm. You can, like, touch it and, like, pet it. I want to ride the badger. You want to try to ride the badger? Okay, so the badger, to, to try to ride the badger, I'm going to roll a wisdom saving throw to see if if you've successfully charmed the badger enough to let it ride you. Okay. You don't have a spell save, DC. No, you I've don't never used spells. magic. That's why she's so clumsy at this. All right, what's your charisma modifier? Plus I'm going to make one up for you. Three. You're trying to, like, be friendly to this badger, so I'm going to ma- say it's charisma, and we're going to say that I have to eat a 13 to not let you ride it. All right. Okay? I did not do <gasps> a 13. So you and this badger are buds. Yay! Hey. Congrats. What's happening? I can't really see yet. Uh, thanks to your thanks to your cloak, I'm friends with this, I'm friends with this badger. And the badger makes like a kind of chirpy noises, kind of like that, but like more like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh cute, oh, buddy. <laughs> I hop up onto the back of the badger. Badgers aren't very like, like they're very low to the ground animals. So, like, even though it's bare length, when it's, like, on all fours, it's only, like, a few feet high. So it's, like, long and, like, short, but very stout and powerful, and it kind of, like, scurries up. And you, like, ride it over to everybody else. I'm hey, naming it. one more on there? I'm naming it BB as a better butter. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and no flack. There's not room for one more. Hey, I fed it that tongue. The, Let's go. The, the badger, I like, snarls at you. I fed you a tongue. Yeah, but now the badger is connected to Marjorie. Oh, I'm so tempted to fucking crossbow this badger. Oh, oh my God, that'd be fucked up. I won't. <laughs> but I'm fucking tempted to. I gave it my tongue. I want a tongue. I want like a cat-sized bug. Would you just like walk around with me? Well, okay, what do you want to try to do? You have anything to try to... I know, you have to like just lure it with poop. I <laughs> mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Has the pepper spray worn off? It's wear it's worn off enough. You're okay. still like snotty and tearing, but you can see. Good. So I'm I'm seeing this and I You're gonna have disadvantage okay. for the next hour on <laughs> investigation or anything that has to do with aiming. Okay. Stormy, Juno, do either of you guys want to ride? Sure, but maybe c- could we find another animal for everyone else to ride to? No. Oh uh... I'm good with walking. I could walk, but, but this is very nice. Also, I think I think the pass without trace is now completely gone. So <laughs> that you have thanks a, everyone. That you have a giant badger. <laughs> this isn't a baby's fault. Okay, so Marjorie, for the next twenty four hours, you can you kind of control BB. If you want BB to do anything, just say so, and hey, we'll kind of do something. Okay, I'm gonna cast Charm Person on Marge. <gasps> Whoa! Oh boy! Okay. I don't know. This is this is interesting. I have one question about this. Okay. So, charm person, if it succeeds after it has worn off, Marjorie would theoretically go back to a normal brain and not 
not feel the affection anymore, right? Like Correct. Okay, cool. And potentially know that you've been spelled. <sighs> oh, boy. I'm going to do it. It must make a wisdom saving throw. Let's see. If it fails, it's charmed by me for an hour. It'll regard me as a friendly acquaintance. When the spell ends, it knows it was charmed by me. I'm going to do it. Make okay. a wisdom saving throw. 16. 16, I think, does it. Beats me. 16 beats you. Yeah. Was it clear that he tried to do this? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Flack, you son of a bitch. Hey, you're the one who's being a real dick no, to me. No, you know, you're a dick. You're the one who's a dick. Flack, do you realize what you said to me back back at the portal? Do you realize that we needed to do that? To I, enrage to those- To me? You're, you're the one closest to the threshold there, Marge. You didn't enrage me by telling me that you didn't want to be on a team with me. I you did enrage you, though. fucking heart. Hey, but it worked. It didn't and work. And then I tried to tell you after. It did work. We got through it. And then I, you, but Marge, the reason we we did that and the reason I, I felt comfortable doing that and thinking that it'd be okay afterward is because we're a team. You crossed a line. You realize that I have been teams with plenty of people up to this point. And every single time they've used me, they've betrayed me, they've thrown me under the bus for their own benefit, and it was not any different than what you did. But not we're still any here. for your benefit, too. You know what? No, you're a part of it, too. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You told me, but it is worked. that triggering Yeah, it you? worked. That's what I'm saying. It I was for you... the team, Marjorie. <laughs> that is true. I did ask. Flack, I think she just you. apologized to her. Just apologize. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. But say it with meaning. You can't just say it. What? I'm sorry that I got us through that puzzle by in, uh, by but, but opening the red you blossoms. You can't say it like that. Yes, I but, think that but you her understand. feelings are important. I wasn't angry when you told me that. I was sad when you told me that. I got angry when I thought that my cloak broke. Well, you know, we tried a scattershot approach. One of them worked. I'm so, I'm sorry that that. Just, uh, I'm sorry works. I feel like just I'm sorry works. I'm sorry that we attempted <laughs> one thing that didn't enrage you as opposed to just lighting the cloak on fire. Flag, I think you. that you're full of shit because the first opportunity that you had to say anything, you didn't. And then you tried to charm me. I did apologize immediately afterward. You're you wouldn't listen to me, Marge. I have been called that before, but I thought thought that we were a team. Thought that you'd no, be down I to. I thought that we were a team. I thought that we were. So we thought the same thing. But Sounds like the team members don't try to take control of each other's minds. Well, team members let other team members ride the giant badgers that they just fed their tongues to. All uh, right. I will say this: team members don't let other team members die. And the longer we stand here arguing with each other, the more chance that Koyrim will die on the other side. Oh, oh is, he, is he like so if you guys, right. if you two can just set aside your differences I'm fine with that sh- just don't talk right now I'm neither of you talk alright, set aside your differences we need to get through this and we need to get back to Koyrim and Pete because we don't know if they're alive or dead man up, woman up, say you're sorry Flack say you're sorry I'm sorry. He means it. Marjorie. You told me not to say anything. Say something. <sighs> I mean, it's like children. Let's just. It's not really on her. Let's just go. Oh, oh. It's... Sorry. We could just go back and like try a different way to open the red flowers. That's fine. You can't just go back. I'm just saying if we had to cut off one of our arms to get the portal to open, would we just do it and be like, it's sorry. It worked. Yeah. Well, but you now I understand. My flag. <laughs> 
I big picture. It's always my arm that gets cut. Let's just go. What do you do after you say that? Lumber away on my badger. Okay. Guess I'll just walk. Juno's going to run up and, and hop on the badger. You let that happen? Yeah. Okay. I think only two of us can get on the badger, though. Probably. Yeah. I offered it to three, but I knew that only two could fit. And I, I tell Juno, I know that you were trying to pick that flower for me. And I'm sorry that sometimes I could, I can spit poison in your face like that flower can. So I, thanks, for, thanks for still being on my team, Juno. Marjorie, if, if it uh, seems like... Sometimes I'm I'm mad at you. I, I I'm very aware that I am not easy to like. So I, I think it is me. I think you are the most uh, feeling of of all of us with uh, compassion. So uh, I, I I think probably you are you are doing great. You're you're doing just fine. You know, later on when I remember back to this moment, I'm gonna pretend that you don't have a totally swollen red, wet face. Oh yeah, it's, really it's gonna nice. be a little gross. I'm walking next to Zavis. I'm like these these fucking people. I know. Like how how else were we? We're just to trying do? to get shit done, man. Yeah. You know. I know. It's cool. Thanks, Zavis. Yeah, I get it. Thank you. I'm just falling up the rear, just shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> I also hey, is yeah. it kind of funny though that like i didn't get invited to try the badger so she's clearly mad at me but like not mad enough at me to like make me say sorry i'm in like a weird space right yeah if we're on a spectrum though the two of us are definitely on one side i'm just further along there zavis your medallion blinks hey look at that yeah hey what (laughs) 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 oh hey look at that I wonder if it's trying to like Jeremy say something. Jeremy, <laughs> what up with this? Jeremy, yeah, what is Jeremy doing during that fight? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy was off just like smelling flowers and like rooting around for bugs, doing like owl bear shit, <laughs> like spirit owl bear. Yeah, shit. can we ride Jeremy? No, <laughs> <laughs> he's a disembodied spirit. Well, then how does the cloak? Yeah, can we grab onto the cloak? Him? Oh, the feathers are dictate like a puppet. Yeah, the the feathers float. Like it's because of the magic yeah, what and would the cloak. If I grabbed like if I hopped onto the back of that. You cloak? like fall down to the ground. I do it anyway. I try it. <laughs> you try it and nothing happens. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying to get your attention. We, oh yeah, like are, you, are you guys done ar- arguing? Like I, you know, that was pretty heated. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're done for now. Look at this though. Yeah, like, look at this thing. My amulet's blinking. Oh, that's. Weird. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's what we said. We were hoping for more from you. Yeah. Are you guys all kind of still walking together, or, or have has the badger kind of gone ahead? I assume it's ahead of us because it's well, so big. I'm where's walking. Fletch is at I'm the, walking in the, the tail. The back. He's at the rear. So he's yeah. just. I feel like we're the two of us are walking a little slower, and we're just in the back because everyone's pissed at us. And then you're behind them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Jeremy doesn't know what is up with your blinking uh, amulet, um, but it's definitely like a blink. It's not like it looks like it's blinking. Like it's like as if there are lids and it's blinking. Oh, oh, oh. I wink back at it. <laughs> you hear Margin's voice say, Hey, guys, I found something over here. Oh. What? What is it, Marge? It's a shortcut, or at least I think it is. Are you still pissy at us, or can we come to the shortcut? I'm not totally okay, but we have to work together to save Koirim. Yeah. You're right. Cool. Let's go to this shortcut. 
<laughs> you kind of turn away a little bit and you go down kind of like a thicket, like a part of the forest is more overgrown. There's like bushes and shrubs and stuff. And you find this little path that you work your way through. After walking for about five minutes, you realize that you can't see a big badger or Mardrin or Juno uh, anywhere. You're kind of on this path and you're starting to get a little bit confused about where this is. Hey, Jeremy, uh, I just feel like Jeremy has all the answers, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm not a god. I'm more like an angel, I guess. Oh, that's pretty cool, though. That's cool. I'll take it. Beats being dead. Um, yeah. Hello? Over here. Okay. Follow okay. it. Yeah. As you're walking, Fletch, you're in the back. Mm-hmm. You kind of get the sense that the shrubs behind you are starting to close in. And when you look behind you, indeed, there's no more path behind you. There's only a path forward. It's totally overgrown. Flack, I've been thinking about things, and, and I think I'm ready to, to say, to, to accept your apology. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I just want to be a team again, you know? And that's what I want, too. You guys, I, this is going to sound a little alarming, but there's no way back right now. Look, look. Oh. I think we're being tricked or Sabus, something. I put you in a weird gray zone also, and I want you to know that that's not what I meant to do. I yeah. really it's do want to be. That's not margin. No. That's not margin. And then you hear, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. And three puffs of green smoke appear around you, and you see vicious, green-skinned, disgusting old women. And roll for initiative. Oh my god! Oh, Jesus. We're gonna cut away from you guys, and we're gonna cut now to oh. Juno oh. and Marjorie on. The badger. So you guys have been walking on the badger for a while, and it's been about 15, 20 minutes before you realize that it's quiet. Other than, you know, like the sounds of the forest. Flag's supposed to be behind us, right? Yeah, I... Uh, Juno turns around kind of looking around and sort of also realizes, y- yes, I haven't heard his idle chatter for a, a few minutes. To be fair, he doesn't really idly chatter that often. When he says things, I don't find it important, usually. Oh! What is up with the two of you? Well, there's always been some tension. Well, lately, I thought uh, I could maybe become better friends because he it was interested in that elf, mm-hmm. and I thought I could help. But I, I, you are my friend, and I don't think he's being a good team member by saying those awful things to you. So I'm also mad at him. You know, thanks, dude. Sorry, I called you, dude. Oh, it's okay. It's nice to be called a dude. Well, whenever you have issues, you can you can always come to me and talk about it. And you guys reach the edge of the forest and can see uh, ahead of you, instead of a mountain, this massive tiered cone of like different tiers of a city that stretches up as tall as a mountain. It's like got these deep gold walls uh, at each level. With like, you know, as as if each level is almost a garden, there's all these trees and plants and stuff growing in each mixed in with buildings built into the branches of the trees and castles. And it's this huge city in the place of the mountain. Giant bamboo shoot. And that's when you officially realize the others are not with you. Do you think they were really mad at us? I'm very conflicted right now.
D&D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D&D. And this rider has this, like, long red cloak flapping behind him with a blue lining and this long red hair tied back into like a ponytail with this blue like ribbon and he's dressed in this military uniform but more like something you would see at court it's this like really ornate black red and blue like french style military dress with this big blue flower in in his lapel and this is like this gorgeous smooth androgynous looking man you're like stunned by the beauty of this rider i want to be in this (laughs) one